0: So My good friend Andy Kurtz and I decided to do a packaging design podcast. Now, it's different than other packaging podcasts that you hear because it's not specifically focused on the box it comes in, but all aspects and nuances of the packaging. We will discuss in every way that we can think of that best describes our experience with it, what we think is working or where things could have been improved. We will also talk about what is involved with owning a small firm and running the everyday ins and outs. And to let you in on a little secret, we really love what we fucking do. Kirk Faisola is the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, a full-service CPG branding and packaging design agency. And Andy Kurtz is the founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative, an agency that focuses on packaging and branding design for the specialty food and beverage space. Together, we are Kirk and Kurtz. This is the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast. Kirk and Kurtz number 40, Strike a Pose with Paul Vogue of Ora Bora. all right i am recording so that's good all right you ready andy i'm ready i'm kirk vaisola i'm the founder and creative director of mind the font and i'm here with my good friend andy kurtz founder and creative director of buttermilk creative and this is the kirk and kurtz packaging well kirk and kurtz design podcast because we're doing more than just packaging now so we're trying to we're trying to branch out there you go All right, we're gonna get to our guest in a minute. It's very special, very cool guest. Uh, it's it's one of my one of my actual. It's no bullshit. One of my favorite products that I love to have is a special treat, mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and I I just adore the product. But we're gonna catch up real quick. We said we're gonna do so, Andy. How are you? I'm good. Good. You know, just
1: just living the 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 newborn life here with our uh,
0: extra kid here. Has Ollie gotten so, a job um, yet? So yeah. Has got No, that motherfucker needs to start on no. his weight. That's all I'm saying. Like, and he, and oh, he but will. baby, I'm just gonna sit here and not do anything. Nah, no bullshit. No, it's not.
1: <laughs> and you know what? Because it because of when he was born, he is actually last week was when he would be full term. So he's like officially like arrived. You know, like yeah. And, but he still is like he's been here for so long, but he still looks like a little like lump. So, Aww. anyways, he's so he's cute. doing good. That's great. Yeah. You
0: know, just and he's he's sleeping longer stretches
1: throughout the night. So that's that's
0: that's the best. I remember when I had the twins, I had to I had to prop them both up with bottles and feed them (laughs) at the same time. But then I had them on a schedule, so they slept for like four hour chunks from the get go. I was so happy. Yeah. Oh, so
1: good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Did you also? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. You saw Wakanda Forever last weekend, too, right? Hell, yeah.
1: We saw uh, Arlo and I went my son my nine-year-old son we went uh on tuesday afternoon and um it was amazing yeah loved it
0: that's great yeah that's so cool yeah I, I, that movie is just impactful on so many levels it was it was just so nice to see the black and brown representation on there like most of the film 95 mm-hmm. like percent of the film is just amazing but all right well i don't want to keep our guests waiting any longer but i just thought yes. we quick, quick catch up <laughs> and oh i'm doing yes. good Life's the same, Santa Cruz. Yeah, I was gonna blah, say, blah, blah, blah. I wanted yeah.
1: to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> good, uh, I'm glad
0: you're doing good. Yeah, blah, blah, <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Everything's great. It's like the, it's like that gif of the dog sitting with the fire all around them yeah. saying everything's uh-huh. fine. That's kind of how it feels. Yeah, now. but, um, our guest today comes to us from the, uh, great, great state of California in the Bay Area, and, uh, his product's amazing. He is the, are you the co founder, Paul? Or are you like the founder? So I'm to give Maddie credit too. No, both, both co founders. Yeah, myself and Maddie. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So he's the co founder of Ouroboro. It is an amazing flavored sparkling water. It's premium, top line. I mean, I, mm. I, I can't describe it enough how great it is, but I really love the product. Uh, we have Paul Vogue on here today. And we had a discussion about how to say his last name. This is kind of fun. So <laughs> his, his, <laughs> Pops and grandpops say Voguey, right? But then Maddie's like, hey, we're getting married and I'm taking your name, so I'm going to take the, the pronunciation to a new level. And she started going by Vogue. Yep. I love that because it, it's like uh premium, like Vogue, like Strike a Pose. She, refre- a she refreshed that. Yes, yeah. yes. So, Paul, hey, th- thanks, Paul. How you doing, man?
2: I I am doing well, yes. Um, Obviously, Maddie is not here. If Those that have met us both know that she is... Uh, unbelievably creative and i'd say i'm just slightly (laughs) an average creative Um, and it totally makes sense that she'd be like hey you know it uh one of these pronunciations doesn't sound right you know it doesn't have the right feel to it that's the kind of
1: yeah
2: in general so of course that goes to her name as well which is is my name too so it's been a a fun discussion in our house but thrilled to be here and thrilled to talk about packaging creative sparkling
0: water all the above let's do it yeah, we really want it, Maddie, but you'll do. Um yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm the kidding. dudes. Okay. And I told I, I, I saw you like a couple of weeks ago at the Natchez Bay Area event, and I was like, Hey man, they gotta have you on the show. You're like, Yeah, I love it. I listen to the show all the time. I'm like, what? Yeah, I listened to a couple of shows. I was I was surprised that you actually said that. And I told Andy, and Andy was like, What <laughs> he was he was geeking out because, because Andy's yeah. both of us are really fans, but Andy's a true true Ouroboros fan he loves the product and I told him he was so shocked and so thanks again for being on man um of course Mandy, yeah, you, yeah. Mandy, do, I know you had some questions some burning questions if you wanted to ask but I, my yes. first question though before we can go there is yes first of all Ouroboros and why sparkling water how yeah. did how did those two come about how, how did how did the name come about? For yes. And then why did you get into sparkling water? Yeah. yeah.
2: So I'll start with sparkling water. Cause that's where we started this thing. Um, I, I grew up in a family that didn't drink a lot of soda as did Maddie. Um, both, both in the Northeast. And so we, myself and my full older siblings, we were this kind of hilarious, you know, kids with our pretentious sparkling water. Cause we weren't. <laughs> um, you, I'm sure you've met a few of these kids in the Bay area, no doubt. Um, and we were opinionated about brand even then like oh perrier tastes like this Lacroix <laughs> like in the northeast polar kind of dominates um mm. and, and probably some of the first consumers of a spindrift as well which started in new england mm-hmm. uh, so after college and my first few jobs we had one of those fully stocked pantries where the pantry had kettle potato chips and justin's peanut butter and jenny's ice cream and had Lacroix sparkling water and it felt like a weird dichotomy to me that we had all these really great premium craft brands with
1: Mm-hmm. exciting
2: flavors, loud packaging, often nutritional benefits, or they were, they were omitting certain ingredients or including ingredients that were unusual to the category. And despite being in very commoditized categories, peanut butter, potato chips, ice cream, they were able to elbow their way into like a nice niche. Um, and it felt odd to me that LaCroix was the most popular item in our pantry, but the least enjoyed. Mm-hmm. We're all drinking it, but no one is liking it. Um, and I'd go home from work and use my soda stream and make sparkling water in my kitchen that I enjoyed so much more, which made no sense. So that was the beginning of the whole thing. Uh, and kind of as a joke, Maddie and I had friends over for pizza probably once a week back when we used to live in Denver. And I, I would, you know, put a towel over my forearm and say like, Hey, would you like some lemongrass coconut sparkling water more to the kind of pretentiousness? Um, and it was a joke, truly just a joke. And we were making it. And it was fun. Um, and enough of those friends were like, hey, we would buy this. Um, that was way back in the summer of 2019. By November of that year, we, we had a product we ready to launch. Um, and it's been three years of selling this product ever since. So that's that's the mm. quick story. Wow. Um, yeah, on the, on the brand.
0: So wait a second. You came up with the product, the name of the product, and had it ready to go in four months, five months?
2: About that, yeah. That's fucking um,
0: amazing thanks yeah
2: so the name wow yeah it was it was fast and i'll say i, I had the huge benefit and there, there's some comedy to this story of i quit my job um immediately it was That's like not hey, funny. yeah well the, the comedy is we were living in colorado <laughs> and at the time we said hey worst case scenario we can just survive off maddie's salary and i drink enough sparkling water that if we mess this up i'll just drink all the product we will be done <laughs> and then of course you know it's like that old phrase like man plans and God laughs because maybe two weeks after I quit that job, Maddie got a job offer from a recruiter out in San Francisco that we could not say no to. Um, so very quickly it went from, Hey, I'll casually try this entrepreneurship sparkling water thing to, Oh, we better sell some freaking water because our rent just. Yeah,
1: here we go. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It, it, <laughs> that is, that is kind of the, the kick when you move to a, a state like California and realize how expensive everything is, especially in the Bay area. Predominantly the Bay Area. I'm in Santa Cruz right now, and it's the second highest rent per capita in the nation, allegedly. That's crazy. It's just, I I don't get it. Okay, but I still haven't heard how you came up with Bora. Okay,
2: so there are a couple of reasons. So one, I'll start by saying like every startup, you know, CPG, entrepreneur, we had a long list. Yes. In my memory, the list was 240 names long. Wow. Awesome. We <laughs> knew we were going to use these like hippie ingredients or ingredients that had connotations of being a little more progressive, a little hippie-ish. And mm-hmm. we loved the word aura one, because it's a subtly flavored drink. So it gives you more of an aura of things than it does a strong flavor of anything. Um, and two love that the word aura kind of connoted, uh, a, a hippie-ish lifestyle. That's like a word you hear in, in that culture. Yes. Of course, we couldn't trademark the word Aura. So I was reading a book on marketing at the time that talked about the power of rhyming. And we knew like, hey, when you start a business, people are only gonna see your brand a couple times per year if you're lucky. So any any real estate in their brain that you can own is great. So we were trying to rhyme it with Aura and we just loved, we stumbled upon Aura Bora. I'm happy to say, despite Maddie being way more creative and way more talented than me, that I did come up with the name Aura Bora <laughs> I don't think I've ever told anyone that it was me. All right, here I'm, we
1: go. That's right. Of hey. those
2: 240, names, yeah, of those 240 names, probably 228 of them were Maddie, and 12 of them were mine. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, here's the deal, man. So,
0: my, yeah, real quick to interrupt. My wife named my company, so uh, okay, and she's not, she's not creative <laughs> at all. And so take that credit, man. i give every once in a while a blind
2: a blind squirrel. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, Okay, so she had
0: 228, <laughs> you had twelve. And so after that.
2: <clears throat> from there, we both and I'll say it wasn't a discussion. The second I said the phrase aura bora, bora, we knew. That's Boom. it. That's the name. We're done. Lights. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's great. And
2: there are a couple other reasons of Maddie loved that it made a perfect square, two four letter words yeah. on top of one another.
1: Yeah, it's uh, balanced perfectly
2: yeah we love that it sounded like bora bora and water companies are very fond of naming themselves Mm. mountains or islands or valleys um Mm. and then of course we wanted this bright colorful world and aurora borealis is a bright colorful thing so all Mm. of these reasons felt like this won't feel like a total foreign name to someone that's reading it the first time and hopefully it lodges yeah yeah
0: it's it's just it's a great name it's i love it being being a designer and there's times where you see designs and there's times where you see stuff, and there's there's a jealousy that comes over you because it's like, why didn't I think of that like that's <laughs> what Any seriously if anybody sees this name, they're like, or bore, oh my God, that's brilliant, why didn't I think of that and that's how genius that feels. yeah, so cool
1: i i wanna so we've talked about like the the word, the words and the brands, yeah side of things i want to talk about the world that has yeah. been created how did that develop and did you all take different directions before you landed on i mean these just take any can i'm holding up peppermint watermelon right now take any can of Orabora, and you just get transported to another world of surfing alligators and <laughs> i mean it's just it's just amazing and i love the creativity there. So how for lack of a better term, it you feels get, like a child's yeah. fever dream is so great. How did you all arrive at that? The visuals.
2: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh it, it I love this podcast. We're just getting compliments. I'm waiting for the roast. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I, there is and, no and roast. Perk gonna give us flack. That was, I was looking forward <laughs> to it. Um so I'll say uh we have this idea of yes it's a very boring category in fact i keep saying commoditized i mean sparkling Mm -hmm. water to some extent is a commodity a lot of consumers are shopping like commodity i'm sure when you're at the fresh market yeah privately sparkling water is a great way to make money as a grocery store Um, for us we thought okay in the same way that beer did this so well 20 years ago of Mm -hmm. hey a lot of these beers are very similar unless you have a very refined palate, you're not gonna be able to taste the difference can we make the outside of the can not really a representation inside of the can but just exciting we wanted no no Mm -hmm. we go the extra mile can we have the outside of the can be as exciting and whimsical and fun and delightful but peculiar as the inside of the can? and at that point we already had kind of our first five flavors we were launching with so we knew there are very few fastballs down the middle in our flavor lineup everything's kind of a curveball let's have the outside of the can reflect that so that was the idea of no matter what we wanted it to be loud um at the same time, and this is no offense to anything that any designers designed in the last few years, we just like were coming out of an age of blanding where everything was so yeah. simple. Yeah. Um, and Helvetica was helvetic and, uh, yep. one plain color. Um, and we felt like, no offense, but that's what the commodity products already look like. Um, mm-hmm. That's how they brand. So let's instead, can we jump off the shelf Uh, and Maddie had this wild idea of, okay, if it's delightful and peculiar. And at one point we, we had a phrase that we no longer use, but it was, it was a real herbs, surreal taste. So the idea was, Mm. can we make very surreal imagery? Can we make Mm -hmm. a world alligator can, can surf a watermelon wave, or there's a (laughs) coconut the size of an, um, or blades of grass that you're kind of like, honey, I shrunk the kids walking through. So the sizing doesn't really make sense. And the colors don't really make sense. That was the idea. And I'd be remiss if I said not all of this uh, as talented as Maddie is, not all of it came out of Maddie's brand. we worked with an amazing agency called Moxie Sozo in Boulder. Oh yeah. Um, They're not far from where we used to live, but we were familiar with them beforehand. Yeah. Uh, I'll say there was no, I think now Moxie Sozo really likes us. There was no doubt a time where we probably left their office for the fourth time in a week. And they thought those are our least favorite clients. Every single day, they have some new ask or Maddie's giving them. Get out! Get out! You're wasting time. Um, But it worked. I I
1: have a follow up. I have a follow up question. That's burning, burning question. Do do all the characters have names? Oh, they do. They do. They do. Yes, Yes. this is great. (laughs) Um.
2: And now that you're saying that, I'm like, am I, am I going to be able to remember the best? Um <laughs> Maddie definitely could. So the chameleon, I think Kirk was holding lemongrass uh-huh. cocoa. Uh, the chameleon's name is, that was a vote on our Instagram. It was a little <laughs> bit kind of like uh, Bodie McBoatface energy. People went sure. with Licky. So Licky <laughs> is the name of the chameleon. Um, the name of the hedgehog in the basil berry can is Spike Lee. Oh, basil uh, The oh, name of this Spike, Spike Lee. Lee. Yep. The name of the crocodile on the peppermint can is yeah. actually named Steve Irwin. That that just named Steve. Um, the tiger on the ginger Meyer lemon can we call ginger. And then what about this owl. Our best, oh, the owl's name is Owl Pacino. Owl Pacino.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you could just be making all these up and I'd be happy. It's amazing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. These are real. Some of these were voted by our Instagram audience, and some of these were just voted by our internal team in yeah. a very heated nice. Slack way. Um, uh huh. Sure. And then the final <laughs> lime cardamom can that the uh, praying mantis is named Lima, and then okay. our, the sloth on cucumber is haiku. Obviously, Maddie wrote these amazing ah. haiku on every can. Perfect. Um, Love it. I always joke to the point of our very differing creative strengths. So we launched with five flavors. Four of the flavors, Maddie wrote the haiku, one of the flavor, I wrote the haiku, and it's extremely obvious. I won't reveal it. If anyone's listening to this podcast, <laughs> you've got all five, Read them all, and four of them will think, wow, that was interesting, and changed my perspective. And four of them will think, this is marketing doable.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out now, reading them.
1: So what I love about this is that you don't, you all infuse so much energy and creativity into um your product and your brand that we don't really as consumers you like i just went and got these at sprouts here in north carolina they're at the top they're on the top shelf you know and they're beautiful so they're eye-catching but that's that's the touch point you know and like but to know that all of that love and creativity and everything is infused in there. That's what's, that's what comes through. And I I do think that despite, you know, all the, I mean, I'm sure like, obviously there's objective reasons of why you all are successful and there's like ways to measure um, and metrics and all that kind of stuff. But really, I think that's what really differentiates you all is, is the love and the, Creativity that's infused in all of this that no one might ever know about. Like, I, I consider myself an Ouroboros fanboy, and I didn't know that they had little names. I love that. Thank you. They have little <laughs> names. It, I, I don't know. Just, I, I, I love that, and um, and I love the the passion that you all infuse into your product, um, even though it might not ever get known. You know, that's <laughs> that's why you do it. <laughs> I'm sure every, everyone
2: has their favorite movie that like the 10th watch you hear a detail or see something you yes that that was our goal um maddie often talks about like easter eggs like how many easter eggs Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was certainly by awesome
0: that's important man it's important it just it just helps build the brand story when when you actually have those little little things like i I didn't know about the haiku on the side didn't know that they were all different character names um but when was the point like in the middle of doing this and in the middle of like going to investors and going to stores, when was the point you knew like, oh shit, I think this might work? Like, do you remember that specific point?
2: I I had a couple of points like that, some of which were very like stark. I know exactly where I was and uh, what was going on. And then sometimes like this morning, we had a a small crisis and I think, oh gosh, it's all crumbling. So um, (laughs) I'd say it certainly comes in weird. But I'd say the first time I thought Uh oh maybe I won't have to drink all forty thousand of those cans in my brother's garage. (laughs) Was we were at it was just before COVID, which which changed this a little bit, but I think it was the first week of March in 2020. We were in Steamboat Springs with a couple of friends, and I got an email saying we'd gotten into our first Whole Foods region. And it was like a very official email with UPC numbers, etc. And I was pumping gas it was really, really cold. Um and I remember being like, oh my gosh, like if you or your friends or your moms say lemongrass, coconut sparkling water is good. That doesn't really mean anything when the people that have sold more natural products than anyone alive, something. So I think just having that outside validation was Mm -hmm. probably the first time I realized, okay, this is scalable. Even if it's just to a higher income group in major cities on the coast or Colorado and Texas. Um, I think the next level of that was, you, of course, you want to make a product that you can sell to anyone. I I, I hate that when you go into Erewhon, there's like $7 beverages that most Americans mm-hmm. would be forced to buy. Um, we purposely try to sell our products for as little as possible. I.e. $199 is a good price point. When I see us at $229 in some Bay Area grocery stores, I get frustrated because I'm like, oh man, I want more people to try and I want it to be more accessible. So the second mm. moment like that was... We launched in Harris Teeter in the Southeast um, Mm -hmm. in a couple of other kind of small conventional grocery stores all at once last summer in the summer of 2021. And I was like anxiously awaiting our first depletion report and feeling like, oh Mm -hmm. my gosh, the buyers are thrilled. People are buying it. We're getting reviews from folks that don't necessarily look like an Erewhon consumer. Um, Mm -hmm. It's resonating with more than just say the healthy base of California. So yeah,
0: yeah. that's wow um that's cool it's always so scary too when you when you think about people who outside validate like there Andy and I have a thread where we text like a group of designers and we're all texting stuff and and we all get so bogged down with like thinking about oh our design is not that good or something we're doing is not that good and other people tell you like oh it's amazing and you post it somewhere it's like oh my god that's amazing so it's kind of yeah. like that outside validation from accredited people or just even mm-hmm. consumers is everything you need man that's so dope but then, also, when in regards to trying this product, I remember the first time I bought lavender. The first time I bought Ouroboro, I bought lavender cucumber. I bought a six pack at Castro Valley Grocer Grocers. Okay.
2: Great. And
0: and I saw it and like oh, I said, oh, this price point. See, so you not know it's good. And I realized the reason why that price point's there and the reason why people are buying it is because <gasps> it's really fucking good. My. Yeah. My kid who stay who was staying with us, um, they would just drink sparkling waters without even thinking about it. So I hid those in my room. That's how much. <laughs> that's how much I love them. Uh, it's just it's the fancy sparkling water, <laughs> dude. It's, it's like it's honestly, man. It's like it's like the difference between it's like the difference between gi- drinking uh, a well whiskey and like mm. Blantons right? That's, yeah. they're good. both whiskeys, right? But but I'll pay the extra if I'm going to have a really, really good whiskey, and it's like, I feel the same way about that, and it's really not that much. It's a nice treat. Do Staff of Life. Okay, I'm going to do some product shoutouts here, because these are all- Love Staff I, of Life. Yeah. Feel yeah. how people I know, and talk to, and love their product, like Alex Bayer of Genius Juice.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Jake Carls, and uh, and Leslie, and Nick, from Midday Squares. And then um, fucking Jamba Dunn from Rowdy Mermaid. And then like Paul and Maddie Vogue Strike a Pose from from <laughs> Ourobor. It's all Staff of Life. Like everything's there. So every time I go, this is no joke, I will get at least one of each thing. At least one. Oh my <laughs> gosh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. I love that Dude, Dude, it's, it's like I have to. It's the only place where I can find all those products in one spot. And they're all mm. great. So you're, you're doing good things, man, the, the product's amazing. And I truly, truly love, love going there. Now I have a question. that's probably a little bit more difficult, um, to answer because I don't know that much about this kind of stuff, but in regards to funding, how, how do you even get 40,000 cans off the ground? Like you would just quit your Ooh. job. Did you dig into yeah. savings? Did you have family help you? Like, what was the process of even getting started? make it on mass like you had to go to a co-packer you had to go to co-man like find the cans to actually fill the product do the do all the printing and do all the the packaging and everything so how did you get the funding to get started like that and what would you tell people to do if they wanted to get into something like this
2: gosh i I would say um think twice to those people i answered the last question first um really (laughs) sure uh so I'll say at the beginning, I, I, we, we had this uh, huge benefit in that we were living outside of Boulder, Colorado, which for those that don't know, and I was in oh, this group, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't even know this at the time, ironically, like it was a little like I wanted to be a stunt man and I happened to live in West Hollywood. And I was like, <laughs> man, I want to be a stunt man. And, and I'm like, what I run into is a producer or a director or a studio executive. Uh-huh. Being a stuntman is so easy. And then later you realize you're living in like one of three cities in the world where one could theoretically even be a stuntman. Same thing, Mm -hmm. I started a sparkling water company, lived outside Boulder, Colorado, had no idea that Boulder was as big a hub for natural products and CPG as it is. But I'd ask my boss's friend, he introduced me to a guy that could sell cans or someone else that knew a food scientist, or I went on a hike with a guy and he told me, hey, this guy is doing some co-packing for small beers and coffees, maybe he'll do sparkling water. And next thing you know, the ball got rolling. So your point earlier, Kirk of saying like, hey, it's, it was only five months between the idea to selling the first can. Well, yes, but it, it was, we were living in like the Mecca of natural products and that made it so much easier. Now, of course the Bay area is not far behind, um, but I, I, for being as dumb as I was three and a half years ago, it certainly helped to be near a bunch of smart people.
0: <laughs> I would say uneducated in, the, in regards to making sparkling water yeah. But, okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, people people who aren't aren't smart can't start businesses and maintain them. I mean, look at Elon Did Musk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's an example of a person who has no fucking idea what they're doing in regards to business. Um, so, that, I I always thought too because I, I wanted to start on my own things and it just I feel almost just paralyzed by even thinking of how do I get all this stuff. And that's mm-hmm. and it's nice that you have that you're more functional as far as like a non-creative and your wife's creative. So you have like this nice mixture going to the same goal. And I really I really admire that. I. Andy, do you have anything to add? I'm just going to keep droning on if you don't say something. Oh, I, I have. Um, Well, it made me think of our friend Brandon.
1: Um oh, yeah. Right. He, he lives in Boulder. Yeah. Whole brain consulting. Yeah. Yep, yep. I don't know if you worked with him at all or I didn't. I'm I'm
2: sure I uh I know hey, I know the name I'm sure
1: you, your I'm paths sure have crossed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um I wanted to ask about because Kirk, this is a design podcast. No, it's a not podcast. it's it's a strike <laughs> a pose podcast, motherfucker. I, I like I like that we're gonna get this perspective from Paul. Because um I don't know like uh when when all the investments and the money has been divvied up and portioned out it seems like design is flexible and it's yeah. like oh yeah you, you can you you know like the the plant where you get the or the co-man you know they're 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 fixed the lawyers oh yeah they're fixed you know that um the ingredients all that kind of stuff but you know, marketing and design, I mean, that's, you know, can we do it for 500 bucks? Can we hire an Upwork person? Can we do this? Can we do that? So you all, and I know you're, you have the benefit of like having creative people yeah. right in your household, uh, but how did you guys, it seems like you valued design from the get-go. So how important, how important do you think packaging design is for a brand? Gosh, what's funny is I've, I've, um, and I, I won't even just extend this to CPG.
2: I'll say this in general for all consumer products. It is amazing that uh, despite the fact that nearly all of the huge unicorn stories in the consumer goods world, like of the last 10 years, all of them are really well designed products, if not mm-hmm. groundbreaking design products. I'll use this mm-hmm. example. It's an opinionated brand in the Bay Area anyway. Like all birds' shoes, say what you want about them. That's the most beautiful sneaker I've ever seen. And I remember mm-hmm. what was the first time I saw an all bird sneaker. Um, and, and I thought, "What? where did you buy this? What, what is this? So despite there being so many examples of high flying consumer goods businesses that really value design, you still inevitably have finance investor people that feel like, wait a second, if it's just a, to your point, can't we get someone on Upwork to do it for 99%? Yeah. Um, and I, <laughs> some in uh, i grew up outside new york so sometimes i'm a little cynical and maybe a little snarky but my, my usual joke is like yeah we could also get people to line up outside of our co-man with cupped hands and pour water straight into their palms but yes. i don't think it would work that well like we can spend all day that's talking cheap
1: about, yeah that's, that's cheap you know so like we'll yeah
2: up, 50 cents a pop and we'll just have them you know quarters remove it. no big deal um yeah <laughs> but i don't know i think every organization decides where they will splurge and where they will save um, yeah. and for us from the get go, you know, yes, we saved a lot of money in having Maddie one work elsewhere. i.e., she wasn't even on our payroll. So anytime an investor say, oh, we're spending all this money. but like, actually, you didn't really look at those forms because we're spending $0. Maddie's working for free. Um,
0: yeah. and she two- needs to get paid, man. That's illegal. I'm, I'm
2: reporting. Now she gets paid. Now she gets paid. This is back then. Sweat um, equity. So- it was sweat <laughs> equity. <laughs> exactly. No, the, the, I mean, Kirk, she'd, she'd be excited about that. There are many, many months where she'd be like, what's going on here? Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I,
1: yeah,
2: I, yeah. <laughs> I to make this work. And then this, the second piece is feeling like uh, this has an immediate impact, i.e. Mm-hmm. to the point of seeing it at Sprouts or seeing it at Staff of Life, brands that get seen get bought. Brands that don't get seen don't mm-hmm. get and I mm. met so many, yeah. again, because we live near Boulder, met so many folks that had small CPG brands. And there, a common theme came up again and again and again and again. They launched in whatever it was. The, in Colorado, it was always like they launched in Whole Foods, they launched in Whole Foods, Rockies, Alfalfas, Lucky's Market, and a couple of other spots. And yeah. then 50 stores. And then they had to do a huge rebrand and reintroduce themselves. And every single brand yes. does that. And I'm not saying that that's a negative thing. If you are bootstrapping yeah. this, from the get go, makes sense. Go make an amazing product, put it in a brown paper bag with a Sharpie. And if it sells well, you know how much better it's gonna sell with Great, great branding. And we kind of felt like, yeah. hey, if we have the means, we're able to raise the money. What if we right out of the gates come out with a really strong brand identity so we don't have to reinvent yeah. the wheel once.
0: Yeah,
1: that's so important. That's awesome. And and yeah, like it's, it's just, especially in this day and age of like, um just viral things and, you know, like you all having that identity, that strong identity that you can then, and it's the, the world doesn't stop at the can. Like you all have this whole experience on your website and on your social media and on your email marketing. I mean, it just, and on your merch, I mean, it just continues to, and your trade show booths. you know, they're like transport you. So, I mean, it's just, it, you all are this design system that was created long ago, is just paying dividends now. And now you, it's not. I'm not saying you can plug and play. Uh, it, obviously, each can sort of is handcrafted um, visually, but it really is. I think you know that that gamble of like, do we do this laborious thing or do we just do like a you know a pink can or a green can or whatever. Um, I think it's just it, it definitely has been paying
0: off and and hopefully will continue. The best, thank the, you. Well, yeah.
1: yeah the,
0: the best part about about that is when I first saw this, I thought, "Oh my god, this is so so cool." And as designers, our job is to help you stand out on shelf without alienating you. And yeah. I think that in the sparkling water category, there are a couple. I mean, it seems like a lot of brands, especially generic brands, like Soleil is Albertson slash Safeway's generic brand, and it totally looks like fucking um, LaCroix, right?
2: Totally. Same thing.
0: Yeah. You guys totally broke the mold with that, and I think it's it's important because, as you were saying, Andy, people on their phones all the time and looking on their phones, you have less time than ever to catch somebody's eye. Like, right. Like you have to be able to like just jump out off the shelf and catch someone's eye and, and be able to to have them be able to, to pick up the thing like oh this is this is great I'm I'm so glad I got this and um I I, I cannot stress the importance enough of having a brand be also well delivered like Andy was talking about because no matter how well you design yeah. it it has to be delivered well which you guys have done over the course of things yeah. so okay have you there's there's some stuff that i have designed that's still in certain stores and i go in it's like oh that's cool i designed that or i forgot i designed that do you have those moments when you're in a store and you look over and see your product you're like oh shit that's mine i own that like, do you still have those moments yeah you know i um and also do you buy your own product when you're in a store
2: i do oh always yeah yeah i i mean you're you were joking about going to going to staff of life and buying genius juice and midday squares and rowdy mermaid i mean i think i've literally bought that same exact bag of products at staff of life before so yes i I buy our stuff and a lot of my friends in emerging cpg stuff and frankly a lot of other like cpg products when i grocery shop um it is funny to that point i think i am uh just naturally a very regretful and harsh person i.e when i'm in that store I don't go to oh man that's great that's you know we made lime cardamom that's our product i go to like oh that price points off or like oh my gosh you know <laughs> play needs to be better oh they're out of stock of lemongrass coconut whatever it is um but on the off day where maybe i'm too tired to have those thoughts creep in yes i do think oh my gosh how fulfilling that uh we have people coming in from all over the country expressing i'll, I'll see what happens more where I feel that the most is on, on the back of every can is my phone number. Um, that's my cell below the nutrition facts. Um, so uh, <laughs> I don't know. I get seven or eight calls a week from random that's people That's awesome. Around.
0: That is so cool.
2: It's great. I mean, those are, some of them are like, hey man, where's my order? Or, hey, I bought this can and it was dented or whatever it is. And that's fine. Those are good people to meet anyway. But about half of them are like, I had a call maybe three weeks ago. It was a gentleman in Texas uh, who said, hey, I bought your product four or five times at this store. I just bought a case of it. I convinced the owner to give me a discount like on a big 12-pack box of it. He had lost something like 20 or 25 pounds in the last couple of months. He had stopped drinking soda. It was like, you, it's so easy in whatever you do for work, particularly if you're an entrepreneur, to just get like bogged down in numbers or financials or fundraising or lowering cogs, increasing margin, increasing velocity, et cetera. And you can ironically run a consumer goods business and totally forget about the consumer. And that's why I love having my, my cell phone number on the back of the can. Yeah. Every time we run a cans, someone says, hey, should we change the number? And I'm like, oh, definitely not. Like, come on, leave it on there. Yeah. Because um, even as the volume increases, like that is keeping me in this game and excited. It's like, okay, a guy in Texas is addicted to our product and he used to be addicted to Coca-Cola. That's a check mark. Great. Um, that, that was worth it. And there are enough moments like that where consumers in DMs or texts or calls or emails where it feels like, okay, does it really matter to have a slightly better sparkling water without citric acid and with herbal extracts? And it's a brand that people like and the flavor is stronger and it tastes better. Does that really matter in the scheme of things? Or should we all go, you know, teach kids how to read um, or like heal sick people? And it's easy to get cynical and for me and my brain to go there. And then enough emails that come in every single week that remind me of this doesn't matter all that much to all people, but it matters a little bit to a lot of people. Yes. Um yeah. and, and that's enough for me.
1: Yeah. Well to 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 the the dude addicted to Coke, I mean that you essentially I mean, you know, yeah, we're using like sort of weird terminology, but you've you this product cured him from that addiction poison basically that yeah. that took him yeah that took him off the rails and so like i mean that yeah I, yeah I, I get totally agree but you are providing an alternative that is um you know satisfying and and does provide a you know something that's that helps these people so yeah, yeah i think it's absolutely
0: great. my my wife I, I told her one day because she's a speech therapist And she's literally helping people learn to communicate again whether it's verbally or with hands or gestures or even she
2: she doesn't have the fulfillment problem that we might have like
0: she's (laughs) good and talking now yeah yeah so it's like so it's like i was saying like my job it doesn't even my job's unnecessary and she said are you kidding me she said i love seeing your work we need beauty in the world and it's like this giving people a product is like a form of beauty it's something that enhances their life it doesn't matter if it quote unquote heals anything it's something that makes their life a little bit more fun and enjoyable and I think that's so important that's that's what art's for that's what great packaging yeah. is for mm-hmm. you need to have those mm-hmm. moments where you can enjoy things other than just the necessities and big picture of being alive right yeah. um so it's, it's super important man I'm so I'm so stoked on on your product and your brand and everything else. It's just I, I can't believe that we actually have you on today. I was um, I know Andy was was super fanboying out. So I was, excited. I was a little fanboying out. So we're happy to have you on even though it's you and not Maddie. So it's it's great. <laughs> we're only slightly disappointed. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So, like, like on
0: a scale of one to ten, I'm like at a solid well, three. Like if Maddie was on, I, it would have been an eleven. It goes to well, eleven. So, now, fucking with you, man. This is
1: awesome. Well, so, so I've only seen Paul speak, you know, in other areas. Yeah. Um. And so I'm wondering if Maddie even exists, right, yeah. Kirk? So, Like, are we? That. What's uh, a stock photo? Uh, yeah, Maddie is tied up right now. Uh, you know, we get the yeah. <laughs> I've gotten that comment before pauses the so phone I,
0: like I, allah allah mrs doubtfire <laughs>
1: <laughs> paul, paul shows up with the whip but the beard oh
2: yeah
1: <laughs> oh, i anyway, all right? maddie for listening to this we love you <laughs> we're sorry
2: this this is this is true i think of anyone that like uh you mentioned midday squares earlier like anyone that works with a sibling or a spouse or, or i'll say anything more than a friend. Like if we're the best friend, you probably feel this same way. Where this weird thing happened where like the business becomes an extension of it starts as like the business is your relationship in a weird way. And then mm-hmm. as you grow, the business becomes like this third entity in your relationship of there's me, there's her, and then there's this business. Um, and I'm sure with midday squares, there's the three of them, and then this business. And and some days you don't really know like. Is this what I want? Is this what's best for the company? Is this what you want? I don't even know anymore. Um, How I imagine maybe being like a Siamese twin would be. Like, this is kind of confusing. I don't know where my brain ends and the next one begins. Right. What we've often found is things that exhaust me, excite Maddie and vice versa. Um, Nice. I am naturally an extrovert. So I can like go to a wedding and get there at four and the after party ends at 11 and feel like, <laughs> well, I certainly can't sleep now. I've just been yeah. energized. Yeah, now, go party. <laughs> oh, and like Maddie's asleep in the Uber home. Like that yes. was the. She enjoyed it, but like the next two days, she is off from talking, She's yeah. not meeting someone for coffee. We're not talking at breakfast the next day, etc. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, and I, and that's, I always, con- like, I didn't know this until we started dating many, many years ago now, but sadly the world is run by extroverts for extroverts. And mm-hmm. I constantly feel bad for introverts just in general. Like I try yeah. to be mindful of you now have a team of 16 people statistically, yeah, at least four or five of them are introverts. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just like the way the world has formed and it's just not fair. And I say that to Maddie all the time. I'm like, this is like not a reflection of you would think the world was ninety percent extroverted and ten percent introverted, based on how the world is set up, but that's just not the case.
0: Um, so that often, yeah.
2: not, not that you like doing podcasts.
0: Um, no, dude, that's that's quite all right. No, that's that's not a problem at all. Man. Yeah, no, I, I, I she exists. She exists. Yes, yes we, we believe <laughs> clearly. Clearly, we yeah. see it on yeah. all yeah. the cans and everything. So yes, and I, I was She's I big. was eking out just to talk about the design more because she could have answered yeah, yeah, questions right. and stuff but you did a great job man i won't say anything else about you so can it, i can i ask one one more question We're coming we up out. on
1: time man it's it, i know it's going to be quick all right paul what is your favorite ah. oof okay
2: so this is a controversial question um i my favorite is lemongrass coconut um it is our worst seller so i still do like a decent number of demoing events of course and I usually say to folks, like, do you want to try my least favorite that's our best seller or my most favorite that's our worst seller? And that's just kind of a fun human psychology question of which one they answer. So our worst seller, my favorite is lemongrass coconut. My least favorite and our best seller is lavender cucumber. I will say mm. that's the original five. We have since come out with a lot of limited time flavors. I'm currently drinking yes. our green bean roll flavor. That- oh, when
0: you not ask about that shit. Fuck, I
2: know. Oh. This is- no, that's okay. Look, I plugged it myself. Um, this is our, this is now my third favorite flavor, even though it is green bean flavor. Wow. So lemon yeah. grass, coconut, ginger Meyer lemon, green bean. Those are my new top Boom. three. The fact okay. you're,
0: the fact you're saying it's your favorite favorite flavor. I have to, I have to buy it now. I'm just going to buy a 12 pack online. I just, yeah. I gotta do it now. Yeah. You've, you've convinced me, but yeah, my Man. favorite is the cranberry chai. Great okay great i told you i told you this is weird it tastes like coke to me like i yeah. think oh
2: no we get that comment a lot i love that comment Perfect. I'm,
0: I'm saving it yeah. i'm saving it for my drink uh, tomorrow i'm gonna have a little jack daniels bonded and some cranberry chai as a as a cocktail of thing it's like my own version of jack and coke so it's like a jackabora so uh, <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah but no that's, that's awesome What's your favorite flavor, Andy?
1: Quick. Oh, geez. I love the um I love cactus rose. That was that's why, really that's why Christmas I cracked this one open. It's so it's really good. good. Yeah.
0: So good. Yeah. And I, I love the owl too. too. Yeah. Cool, yep. man. Well, ma'am. Ho- well, hold on a second after we say goodbye, Paul, and so we can give you a proper goodbye. But um, I'm Kirk Faisal. I'm the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, and I'm here with my good friend. Andy Kurtz, founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative. And we were joined today by Mr. Paul Vogue on the Kirk and Curse Design Podcast. Thank you so much, brother, for coming on. And we'll talk to y'all next time. Peace. Bye. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Sweet, man. Dude, that was great.
1: Oh, man. Paul, that was amazing. Thank you.
0: I was so good. good. (laughs) I'm so pissed about about not asking about the green. Where's the green bean real quick? Green bean casserole.
2: So we tried a green bean a while ago.